This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. A short time ago, the justices declined to impose new limits on state courts reviewing certain election-related issues. This is in a case from North Carolina. So joining us right now to discuss is NBC's Julie Ainsley from outside the Supreme Court and NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. So, Julia, good to see you. I remember your reporting back in oral arguments in December. You reported about how critical, what, what a critical impact this would have in future elections should the lower court's ruling be overturned. What is the high court saying in today's decision? Thanks for remembering I was out here in December for those oral arguments, Lindsay. Yes, this is a case from my home state of North Carolina where the state legislature argued that they should have the power to draw the congressional districts in a way that was, frankly, gerrymandered, and their Supreme Court said so. They said that they should have power over their court under the independent state legislature theory. But what Justice Roberts is saying today in the majority opinion is that the way North Carolina interpreted the independent state legislature theory was way overbroad and that it could have incredibly large impacts on federal elections. Now, he's not saying that the court should never weigh in on this issue, but specifically in the way North Carolina interpreted this, it was too broad and they went beyond their authority. What really this case boils down to is what it could have been. If the justices had decided that, yes, the North Carolina state legislature was within their power to make those, uh, those gerrymandered congressional districts, they could also be be within their power to manipulate a number of ways that we conduct federal elections from the state level. And then it could really just fall into each state's individual party to see how people are registering to vote, how those congressional districts are drawn, and a number of ways that they could start to cede power to the individual states based on the parties that are ruling them. But the justices instead, in a 6-3 opinion, said no, that's too far, and the state legislatures do not have that authority, and that they should be checked by their courts, by their state Supreme Courts, Lindsay. So, Laura, essentially saying you can't remove this check. I mean, this, this is very significant for elections moving forward. Based on what you heard in oral arguments in December, does today's ruling surprise you? And what are some other takeaways that, that, that you have from reading through? Uh, does it surprise me? No. They had seemed very skeptical at the time of what they were being asked to do. Okay. The idea would be that state courts would literally have no role mm -hmm. in evaluating whether the legislatures had followed the Constitution. That's extraordinary. That would be a breathtaking change of a law as we know it, and not to mention all of their precedents, which say the opposite. And so it, it seemed that it was going to be at least to, the court was going to try to find some compromise position, but they didn't even do that. And it's interesting. It, you get the impression that they kind of see where this is going for 2024, and they want to at least establish some bare minimum rules of the road heading into that time, knowing that they're going to have a lot of election-related cases before them, just as they did last time around in 2020. You remember 
are all of the cases that the former president filed trying to get the election overturned, trying to get the vote to flip in his favor. And all the time, the state court said no. If this decision had gone the other way, the state courts would have had no role to play in all of those decisions. So it would have been truly extraordinary if they had gone as far as they were being asked to. So help me understand then, why why did the Supreme Court decide to take this up? Why not just say, look, yeah. North Carolina Supreme Court got it right? It's interesting. You could ask that about this one and the other voting rights case that they took having to do with how Alabama mm-hmm. had allegedly gerrymandered its districts. And in that one, again, you would say, well, why even take the case if the lower court got it right, which is what they're saying effectively here, why even do it? And it's it's a query. It's an open question to try to figure out what's going on in those negotiations. (laughs) And, you know, you only need four justices to decide to take up a case. Uh, It's interesting. We'll we'll have to do some reporting to try to get to the bottom of it. Julia, we know uh, you. Tuesday, 27 uh, June, year of alert, 2023. Mike Davis, uh, Jeff Clark, join us. Uh, this is kind of a blockbuster. Mike Davis, it was supposed to be 6-3 the other way. Uh, what happened, dude? This is a big one, a very big one. What happened? Well, the chief justice who wrote this opinion had a completely different opinion in 2015 in an Arizona case. And the chief justice, uh, like he did with immigration cases as it related to Trump versus Biden, he takes a very chiefy approach. And that chiefy approach is a political approach where he uh, adjusts uh, his jurisprudence based upon the politics of the moment. And I think that these conservative justices cowed to the left. I think that they saw uh, uh, during the Roe versus Wade fight with the Dobbs decision that these leftists were threatening and intimidating them outside of their homes uh, illegally, obstruction of justice, threatening Justice Kavanaugh in his home in a 1 a.m. assassination attempt against Justice Kavanaugh's wife, Ashley, Their two teenage daughters, uh, Merrick Garland and Joe Biden, encouraged these, said that these were protected by the First Amendment, which they're absolutely not. And I think, frankly, the conservative justices absolutely wimped out here because there is no question that the elections clause says that state legislatures shall decide the time, place and manner of elections. And the chief justice's dissent uh, in 2015 in the Arizona case said that, but somehow he's flipped his vote here. And he's cowed to the left. And this means between these two uh, these two redistricting cases, voting rights cases, this means that the chief justice and Brett Kavanaugh, his protege, and Amy Coney Barrett, who's scared of her shadow, are going to hand over the House of Representatives to Democrats in the next, next election. Um, so the left tactics work. The 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 Alinsky tactics and uh, the intimidation. You're saying the intimidation tactics work. We didn't. Uh, we did all that work and put up people that are weak willed and uh, and cowards, and they they succumb to the pressure of the moment because this is all going to climax in not just the House losing the House in 24, but it's going to. They've set it up that we're going to have the presidency stolen from us again. Yeah, I mean, we're going to say now that Democrats. States, Democrat politicians on state Supreme Courts and Democrat commissions get to override state legislatures when they redraw House district races. And Republicans are too weak and stupid to win this fight. This is going to be the Democrats winning this fight every time. Republicans piss away their money on TV ads so these Republican grifters in D.C. can line their pockets. They don't want to invest in real lawyers and the real ground game to win these fights. And then we have the Chevy Chase wing 
of the Supreme Court cowing to the left. And, you know, they, they, they play their little games. This case was moot. North Carolina Supreme Court mooted this case when it was a four to three decision by the North Carolina Supreme Court. The, the U.S. Supreme Court took this case for review. That North Carolina Supreme Court switched control. It was a five to two decision overturning its prior decision. This case was moot. The U.S. Supreme Court did not even need to decide this case. They didn't, they couldn't decide this case. There was not a live case or controversy. But the Chevy Chase wing of the Supreme Court went out of their way to find that this was a live case and hand a victory to the leftists. And I, I, you have to wonder, do these, does the Chevy Chase wing of the Supreme Court, that remember there's a metro stop in Chevy Chase, so these left-wing lunatics are going to show up to their house all the time. Do they, do they really think that these protesters outside of their house threatening and intimidating them are going to go away because of this? It only emboldens them to do this more often. So what is your what is your recommendation? Where do we go from here on this? Particularly this uh, this issue of the constitutionality of the state legislatures actually deciding elections. Well, may, maybe Republicans need to change the politics of this so the chief justice changes his mind because he seems to follow the politics instead of the law, including his prior dissenting opinion in 2015. Uh, that's the problem when the, when when you have a judicial philosophy that follows politics. You have no judicial philosophy. You're just a politician in a robe. Um, so what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, how you try? Because this is this is this with the redistricting is. I mean, how do you hold the house? Yeah, that's that's a very good question, Steve. I mean, that means that President Trump's going to have to have an overwhelming victory in 2024. Uh, you know, apparently. These Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices want Democrats to control the House, so they do court packing and impeachment and term limits and cut off, cut off federal funding for the U.S. Marshals, protecting them from assassination attempts. I, that, that's the problem. The Chevy Chase wing of the Supreme Court didn't get it during COVID at all. They didn't get it during BLM and Antifa riots. They don't get it now. They don't get that we're dealing with a different Democrat party. This is not our parents, our grandparents, Democrat Party. These are Marxists. They're trying to destroy us. They tried to kill Justice Kavanaugh. You would think that would be a wake-up call, but you know, apparently not. Remember in Chevy Chase, these goofballs are still wearing their COVID masks, and they still have their signs in their yard asking for immigrants to be flooded into our country. But not Chevy Chase, of course. Flooded into other neighborhoods. Don't send them to Chevy Chase. Let's bring in Jeff Clark for a moment. Jeff, your assessment of uh, what happened today, this ruling by the court. Well, this is a very disappointing ruling, in particular after the North Carolina Supreme Court uh, was reconstituted following elections, and it ruled in what we'll call Harper 2, reversing Harper 1. And despite the fact that the first case, which is the one the Supreme Court took and then held oral argument in, got completely reversed, the justice, Chief Justice Roberts finds this, uh, you know, incredibly uh, tortured way of saying that actually there are still live portions of that case, namely because the election occurred so long after Harper won, which had, you know, ruled against the uh, Republican redistricting that had occurred. And, you know, because of that, they had to kind of like take the, the Harper won decision as a given. But they got ultimately in Harper 2 a total reversal of Harper 1. So that should have mooted the whole case. So it's ridiculous that we're here. It's a, it's a violation 
of the limitations of the judicial power that they're reaching this ruling, this six to three ruling, based on the fact that the case, you know a case that's no longer live. That so Mike is definitely right about that. And look, you know, Steve, at the macro level, let me take a step back, explain the constitutional system a little bit, uh, you know, especially as to the election of the president, right? They're basically, the Dems are in a, an operation of stripping away uh, the multiple fora in which you can fight to make sure, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, the election is not uh, stolen or perverted or twisted in some way. And those three forums are the courts. The, uh, the state legislatures, which have plenary power over their electors, and then that feeds into the Electoral College. And then third, the final check is what Congress does on January 6th in terms of certifying what comes out of the Electoral College and therefore flows back to the state legislatures. So, you know, the whole January 6th committee was an effort to uh, try to, to block out the idea of the fact that Congress has any role in this process, eliminating one of the three forums. And now, in terms of the state legislatures, this decision will make it very, very difficult for, uh, you know, state legislatures to potentially, you know, to use their power because their power under the electors clause uh, is in parallel to the elections clause, which was an issue in this Moore v. Harper case. So there are different clauses. The, the elections clause is about the rules for federal elections set by state legislatures. The electors clause is about the uh, state legislatures choosing the electors. But they both give that, that power, that, that plenary power, I would argue, and I think is uh, the better view of the Constitution to the state legislatures and not to the state courts. And so and we're seeing the justices, uh, majority of the justices, including you know, uh, some of the recent appointments, like Amy Coney Barrett and so on, go with this theory. Okay, can you uh, hang on? We, a little chop there at the end. But if uh, Mike Davis, I think I hold for the break for a few minutes, and you, Jeff Clark. So we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to turn a blockbuster opinion out of the Supreme Court today. People anticipated it be six three five four. Uh, it was. It, it actually was the opposite, with the Chevy Chase wing of the uh, of the bench, the uh, you know um, the uh, the kind of the Bush aspect of our Chief Justice uh, Roberts, who's become obviously very political and, quite frankly, very scared. We're going to take a short commercial break. Jeff Clark, Mike Davis on the other side. Bring it on and I will fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun. And you are over. Because we're taking down the CCP. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying, gold. Follow their lead. 
text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Mike Davis. Um, Mike Davis, uh, where do we t- give me your assessment? Uh, the six three, the Chevy Chase wing. That's a problem, right? Th- these are now politicians, not not justices. Well, here's here's one thing that the chief justice included in his majority opinion on page twenty nine. Quote: We hold only that state courts may not tra- transgress the ordinary bounds of judicial review, such that they arrogate to themselves the power vested in state legislatures to regulate federal elections. But then the Supreme Court provides zero guidance to the lower courts, and this the, the Supreme Court doesn't even decide whether this happened in North Carolina. So there's zero guidance. So these Democrat attorneys and Democrat operatives are going to game this system, and this is going to create more confusion and chaos than when we started. So that's a perfect example of a Chief Justice John Roberts muddled opinion, political opinion, it creates more chaos than, than it solves. This is the full employment program for Mark Elias, in short. Yeah, Mark Elias is going to be in business forever. When they're not sending out blue, purple-haired freaks to Chevy Chase to, to threaten and intimidate the, the, the justices, Justice Kavanaugh and the Chief Justice at their homes, or Justice Barrett out in Virginia, maybe they'll give them a week off from the death threats, and then they'll resume them once uh, after the after the Fourth of July. Well, it worked, Mike. Where do people get? Uh, where do people go to you to track down all your latest thinking, particularly as yeah, these decisions would, come out? If, if you want to find a spine, go to Article Three Project Article Number Three Project You can donate there. It's at Article Three Project on Getter, Twitter, Truth at. Article number three project and my personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And I hope that Republican judges can find courage and uh, maybe have a backbone uh, more than a jellyfish. Mike Davis, born fighting. Thank you very much, Mike. Glad Thank to have you on here. Jeff Clark, uh, concluding, uh, concluding thoughts, observations about this. A, a very grim day. Grim day, and and look, let me just fill in a little bit more details about why Chief Justice Roberts left this kind of potential, uh, you know, escape hatch, which, you know, will, will, I think, be much fought over in the 2024 elections, probably both presidential and for members of Congress. It's that the North Carolina uh, Constitution included this clause that no one really could know whatever it meant, and therefore it could mean whatever the judges wanted it to mean, which was that, you know, the elections in North Carolina shall be free, right? So using that, that's like a truck you can drive, uh, you know, a toll you can drive a truck through, and the North Carolina Dem majority in the first Harper decision, you know, basically finds, oh, you know, this is a political gerrymander, party gerrymander, it violates free elections. I don't think that's what the Constitution in North Carolina was intended to do. So basically, to get a you know to deal with the fact that you can't allow legislative power to be totally overtaken, given what the Constitution says by courts, you know uh, Roberts has this 
escape hatch, um, which I think will be fought about, but it's not a clear enough escape hatch that it would could give Republicans any real, you know, meaningful sense of this is something we can hang our hat on. We know what the meets and bounds of this are. No one will know the meets and bounds of this, like, uh, you know, exception that he's created on the fly any more than they would have known in North Carolina what a free election means. So it is going to be a uh, full employment act for Mark Elias, and even for, you know, Republican lawyers who, uh, who do election stuff who I think are not at the same level as Mark Elias, as you repeatedly pointed out. Like, where's our Mark Elias? Um, you know, so I think this decision is very bad. It's both bad. Uh, it's bad across the board. It's bad for what it does for mootness doctrine, which I know a lot of non-lawyers don't care about, but I'm one of those geeks who does. It's bad for uh, the politics under both and the constitutional provisions, both the elections clause and the electors clause. It's not good. Jeff, where do they? Where do folks get you, sir? So I'm at Jeff Clark US on. Uh, Twitter and Getter and on Real Jeff Clark on Truth Social. And we are at the uh, Center for America, AmericaRenewing.com. Jeff Clark, thank you very much. Under heavy on here, sir. So uh, let me bring in Dave Brett. I got a cold open for Dave, but Dave, let me bring in for a second about this. I mean, what are people supposed to think that knock on doors and go, you know, to make sure that, you know, it's got to be the courts, we've got to save the courts? What are they supposed to think on a day like today, sir? Well, it's too much, uh, but, I, but I hope they think that the, the whole system needs to be reworked, right? I mean, the, the whole constitutional republic is out of whack. The courts are out of whack. Uh, the, the regular Newsday uh, commentators say, you know, you shouldn't listen to your own people. You should not listen to the base. You should not listen to the constituents. Uh, they're just saying this straight out uh, in public now. And so they're making it very clear they don't want the people to be in charge. And so uh, the people need to really double down now. And I think it's bipartisan, right? You got some uh, RFK Jr. energy on the other side. Uh, the Republican, you got a huge populist thing. The numbers are for the for the America First candidates are just dwarf, uh, the dwarfs, as you say. And the uh, and it, the you know the, the rest of the numbers are just over the economic news, the size of the debt, all of these things, the inflation, uh, the elites have been in charge. They've ruined the country. It's clear to everybody now. The mainstream media uh, now uh, is, is losing it. Tucker's out there, you know, with a hundred million hits. That tells you something. That's another phenomenon, right? That's never reported. To get a, a hundred million hits. And in the context, he always says there's the truth, and then there's the truth uh, with the full truth, and then there's the full truth in context. Uh, and that matters, and the American people really know that. So it's not just about policy. Uh, when you know that the FBI, the CIA, the Justice Department, 51 national security advisors at the highest levels signed on to a fraudulent document on Russiagate that's now been disproven, I mean, it, it, it's not just policy. Uh, it, it, the Americans back in JFK times, the famous phrase, which I think was true, is Americans are kind of liberal with respect to ideas, uh, but they're very conservative in institutions. And now the base on both sides know the institutions have been rocked. The foundations are shaking. The foundations are quaking. And uh, everybody knows it. And so uh, th there's, uh, there's some serious reckoning coming. 
Let me play the, uh, let's play from this morning, and then MSNBC has done a wraparound on it. Let's play the uh, McCarthy hit on CNBC. Let's go ahead and play it. Yeah, he can. You think he can? The, the question is, is he the strongest to win the election? I don't know that answer. But can somebody, can anybody beat Biden? Yeah, anybody can beat Biden. Can Biden beat other people? Yes, Biden can beat him. It's on any given but, day. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is now doing damage control on those comments, claiming to Breitbart they were taken out of context. But were they? And why might a Republican leader feel some trepidation? Joining me now from Concord, New Hampshire, is NBC News correspondent Von Hilliard. So, Von, you're there because Donald Trump is there. Ron DeSantis is there. They're about 40 miles apart. They're the two leaders, even though Donald Trump is leading by a large, large margin over DeSantis. Um, but let's talk about McCarthy. I mean, it's interesting for him to waver even a little bit on Donald Trump. Waver even a little bit. He did that once right after January 6th when he said that he bears some responsibility for the insurrection. But then days later, found himself back in Mar-a-Lago, stood for the photo with Donald Trump. Donald Trump posted the photo. And then the House Republican caucus seemed to be linking back up in arms with Donald Trump over the next three years. That's where we find ourselves with this. Uh, but I think it's notable because in this House caucus, there's been few Republicans that have actually endorsed Ron DeSantis. There's only one that has endorsed Nikki Haley. And so it's notable. But of course, the walk back just hours later, suggesting that Donald Trump is actually Joe Biden's biggest political opponent is notable here for the folks here. I, actually, Katie, I think we have a little sound with some of. OK, don't don't send me the Breitbart. I mean, that's Matt Boyle, my protege. Right. Matt Boyle's the one that we we pointed at on Megyn Kelly when she tried to kneecap uh, Trump back in 2015, almost eight years ago. Okay, so I don't need to see the uh, McCarthy begging Matt Boyle to write up. It was out of context. No, it wasn't out of context. Everything McCarthy does is never Trump. Everything. Dave, you were there, so I want to ask you, but, but we just had this massive story in Politico this morning, yesterday, says, hey, guess what, just fooling. The appropriations process, it now, under McCarthy's reign, it's not September 30, it's not the fiscal year, it's really the calendar year. So they, they already told us they're going to do a CR. And then right before they go home for Christmas, because they got to get home for Advent, right? They're going to do an omnibus. This thing's a complete total farce, is it not, Brother uh, brother uh, Brat? Yeah, but the American people are catching on. And I, as I was saying in Sunday, uh, the, the lesson was uh, where your heart is, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so over the long term, uh, Paul Ryan with Boehner was Speaker, then Paul Ryan, now McCarthy, uh, there's been no substantive change in anything. Uh, where your treasure is, is where your treasure is. He who owns the gold, the golden rule is he who owns the gold, uh, and that's the rule. They have the power, they make the rules. Nothing's changed. Uh, the power and the money rule everything. You can say anything you want, you can dress it up. Uh, but nothing's changed. And, and it's, it, it's just kind of interest to me. I, I don't weigh in on the politics. Uh, all these views are just my own. Uh, but when it, when it comes to the Trump 16 uh, piece, you know, uh, Republicans were having a very hard time cracking through uh, the Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, Georgia, Arizona, Florida thing. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, everyone's highly speculative, except for the about the facts, the facts about who won that one and who showed that there is a pathway. And so it seems like, uh, you know, when people are saying, well, who can win and who can win, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, the old school wasn't winning, and the uh, the Paul Ryan wing and uh, that camp uh, doesn't have any dynamism. And we just went over where the dynamism is. The dynamism is in the fact that our major institutions are corrupt. And uh, you know, I always have three metrics. I always ask any candidate. I want to know your position hang, hang, on the border and the debt in China. Hang, hang, hang on one second. We're gonna take a short commercial break. We get to that punchline. We got Dave Bratt. Caroline Levitt's going to join us. Dave Walsh. It's heated up in Texas. How's the grid? Next. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. Check this out. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. She was a victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and took over as the new owner. Now she's fighting back to get her home back. This is why I say if you own a home or a property, get home title lock. Your home property and equity are the most valuable assets you have. By the way, there's reported 80 to 90 percent of your net worth of average Americans net worth is in their home. And Home Title Lock helps you protect them. Home Title Lock puts a 24-7 shield around your home's title. Let me repeat, a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week, 365-day shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, they help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already a victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Bannon. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Bannon. Protect yourself. Do it today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, Dave, you were about to say the three things you look for uh, to see if uh, it's kind of your asset test. What is it? Yeah, well, it, it, it's not only the three, but it's the three on paper ahead of time. And we were starting to get there when I was in the Freedom Caucus with leadership. You'll notice uh, none of the promises are ever given on paper ahead of time. So my big three are just the big three that matter for the country, right? I mean, the border invasion. And then China, the greatest existential threat, our, our foreign policy stance uh, and taking them out of our markets and decoupling. And then the 50 trillion in debt. And, and linked to that, of course, is, you know, 1% productivity, no economic growth. But I want to see positions on paper that they commit to and sign their name to so they can't back out of it. Politicians are great at backing out of everything. And so, uh, you know, that, that on, a, on a positive note, I just want to thank you so much for honoring our friend uh, Rabbi Spiru, uh, who exactly knew, right? The Jews had 613 uh, mitzvahs, the laws in the, in the ancient Hebrew text, and then the Ten Commandments, and the two, they're on paper, and that matters. There's two tablets. Uh, these are the principles that he always talked about, the, the Judeo-Christian ethos. And uh, so we lost a great one with him, his uh, prayers opening your show, but always about God, not about religion. It's about God and God's principles uh, written in the, in the Old and the New Testaments. 
And uh, so in closing, you know, I want to close on a positive thing. Get, get the politicians to just give their word. Your word should still mean something, right? Your sacred honor. I hope it's not extinguished in this country. So we need to pray on it. And uh, thank God for the life of uh, Rabbi Spiro. And thank you for honoring him the other day. That was just a wonderful show. Well, he honored us. I tell you, he was a great man. And he yeah. he was onto something quite profound that people miss. The American Judeo-Christian ethos, right? Yeah. He understood that America was quite different. That's what we're going to try in the run-up to July 4th. And our specials talk about that and where yeah. we are today as a country. Uh, Dave, where yeah. do people go to social media to get your stuff? Yeah, just Brat Economics on Getter. I'm working on some populist economics. You'll notice the three things I rattled off are all populist economic themes just because they're common sense. And that's what we're lacking in America right now. So President Trump said said yesterday, common sense. Dave Brat, thank you for coming on here, buddy. Been changing your yep, schedule. God bless, Appreciate brother. It. Thanks. Need, needed, an up, needed an uptick off of, the, uh, off of that news out of the Supreme Court. Big uptick in New Hampshire, though. President Trump up there breathing fire. I think the uh, faith and family speech he gave the other day is one of the best he's ever given. Followed up today with a major keynote address. Let's play. We got a clip and we got our own Caroline Levitt will join us. On November 5th, 2024, we're going to stand up to the Marxists and communists, fascists and globalists. We're going to evict crooked Joe Biden. He is crooked as hell. You know, I took the uh, name away from Hillary. I was crooked Hillary. And now I call her beautiful Hillary. She's a beautiful woman. But I figured that Joe was uh, so deserving of it because I don't like to do it with two people, you know? Two people sharing a name is not good. But he's crooked Joe Biden. We're going to finish what we started and we will make America great again, greater than ever before. We're going to do that. All of us here today are on a mission to liberate our nation from a corrupt Washington swamp that's destroying America for their own power. That's what they want, I guess. Power and profit and personal gain. There's no better example than the most corrupt president in the history of our country. Joe Biden, he's the most corrupt president we've ever had. You see what's going on. And the fake news doesn't want to report it. They don't put it in the papers. This is 10 times bigger, 100 times. No, this is 100 times bigger than Watergate, and they don't want to report it for whatever reason. That's why they have no credibility at all. Folks, about uh, whether they were concerned whether Donald Trump was damaged as a general election candidate. Take a listen. Trump concern you guys about him politically going into the next year. I think no, I'm making him stronger. There is new audio that came out from a conversation he had. I heard it. I heard this morning. On what did you make of the the audio? I don't know enough about its comments. But it's not deterring you? Not at all. I love the cartoon that showed the voice behind Trump saying, you're not going to withstand the tornadoes that are coming at you. And he said, I am the tornado. So, Katie, you got some folks that are defiantly defending Donald Trump, but you've also got some that are uncomfortable by, by the indictments, as you heard from that second woman. Yet, what do you see today? They come to support the man. They say they will primary. In the primary, they will support him. Of course, there is going to be a contingency that are not in that boat, but could Kevin McCarthy sway some others? And that's what we're figuring out in real time, Katie. Caroline Levitt, I tell you, I just want to give special shout out. Was it to the Women's Club of New Hampshire, the Republican Women's Club of New Hampshire? This is a special breed of cat. This, this is, they are so special. They're grassroots. They're fighters. 
um, it, it, I was so glad to hear that President Trump was going to go up and give the keynote because they are the backbone of this country. Tell me about Caroline. What, how did it go today? Yeah, they sure are. Thanks for having me on, Steve, because I do want to give credit to this amazing group of patriotic grassroots women right here in my home state. They were so fired up to see their former and future president today, to hear him expose Joe Biden's corruption and to call out the fake news media. As you saw in those clips, that MSNBC reporter was hoping one of those women would say that this whole indictment, this sham bogus indictment brought by Joe Biden's henchmen, Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, and Karen Gilbert would deter them from supporting Donald Trump. And it just couldn't be further from the truth. It's mind boggling to me that the media still hasn't wrapped their heads around the fact that we the people and women love Donald Trump because he brings safety, prosperity, and security to this nation. And today's exam today's event really exemplified that. Also, a new poll today from St. Anselm College, my alma mater, one of, I will say, the most trusted pollsters in our state, came out that Donald Trump has increased his support to 47% amongst GOP primary voters. Ron DeSanctimonious has declined like he's falling like a rock. He has lost 10 points since he announced in May. Uh, actually, he's lost 10 points since April. He's lost even more than that from his announcement in May. The more people get to know this guy in New Hampshire, the less they like him. And there is such a deep bond between Donald Trump and the grassroots here in New Hampshire. It is unbreakable. And we will be the first in the nation primary state that propels him back into that White House. I, I want to go back to that because it's not like he's a, you know, this is what McCarthy was saying today. We like Trump's policies or Trump's policies are good, they'd be Biden. But the implication is you need a different messenger. And that's why Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, as he wants to be called now, is out in Eagle Pass, Texas at 115 degrees, literally giving Trump's plan and saying, oh, I can do it better. A guy who was with, with Paul Ryan when we were trying to build the wall the first time. Okay, mm -hmm. I was there. I saw these guys in action. They hated it. So the people in, in, in the people in New Hampshire, Caroline, take this very seriously because they are the first primary and they've been since the 1950s. So they take this responsibility very seriously to keep an open mind and weigh and measure everybody. Ron DeSantis is sinking like a stone. I mean, it's it's the, it's a campaign that's imploding in New Hampshire, basically, ma'am. Exactly right. I saw a great quote from a state representative here today, Mark Pearson, and he said, you got to show up to the diners. You got to do the living room events. You have to shake hands and we can smell a phony from a mile away. And the people here are starting to smell that Ron DeSantis is a phony. He's another puppet for the establishment class in D.C. and the billionaire donor class that wants to buy our elections. Well, it's the grassroots voters here in New Hampshire and in every state across this country that decide our elections. Look, DeSantis has showed up here a few times. All he talks about is Florida. He doesn't talk about what he's going to do for the people of New Hampshire. Look, we have long winters and we don't like them, but we love our state and we have real problems here. We have the highest energy utility bills in the country. We have a drug fentanyl crisis that is killing our fellow citizens. What are you going to do for us? Ron DeSantis hasn't so said that to the people here, and he's losing because of it. He snaps at reporters. He doesn't take questions from voters. And so, you know what? People are just seeing that he's another shill for the regime. And also, with the revelations of the Biden corrupt crime family over the past few weeks, I think a lot of everyday Americans, Steve, that don't pay attention to politics like you and I, are waking up to the fact that we really cannot afford former years of this presidency. A quick anecdotal example. I was in Walmart two days ago. A fine gentleman named Peter was checking me out. We got talking politics. And he said to me, look, 
I voted Biden in the last election. I will not vote for him again. I will vote for Donald Trump because I am realizing that this man cannot be trusted. And I said, God bless you, Peter. You are waking up to the truth. And I'm sorry that your media has hid it from you for years and years and years. I'm going to get back to Vaughn Hilliard because I think Vaughn's actually a very good reporter. And, and that team over there at NBC News does a good job. But he was trying to stir the pot today. We're going to get that. But I got to ask you, given the stature of this woman's group, and I would say that this Republican Woman's Club and the grassroots nature and their doers is kind of revered throughout the country. You can go to anybody and talk to them and they said, yeah, the New Hampshire Republican Woman's Club is, is like one of the gold standards that you look to, you aspire to. Why and 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 that and this annual lunch they have is always a huge deal. Why would Ron DeSantis schedule something in New Hampshire opposite that? Frankly, he does not get the state, and his team is stupid, and they don't know how to work the grassroots here in New Hampshire. To be frank, and uh, that insulted the great women that put on a fantastic event today. And I said, you know what? Good for you, ladies, for standing up and speaking out and pushing back on Ron DeSantis when you found out he was trying to one-up you and host a town hall that hardly anybody attended. It was in some stinky ballroom, to be honest with you. Uh, And Donald Trump had a sold-out crowd. Everyone was so excited to see him today. And this was the most successful event that the New Hampshire Federation of Women have ever had. They've never had a better, more profitable event. Uh, George Bush, I guess, the woman told me today was their last greatest attendance. Donald Trump smashed that today, and he smashed their fundraising record. He raised nearly six figures for that group today. And that money will go directly towards funding young, old female candidates up and down the ballot in our state to win our state rep seats, our state Senate seats, and congressional seats, too. It's very, very important what happened today. Uh, And it was an honor to be there. And Donald Trump gave a great, great speech, as always. I think this indictment has fired him up more than ever to fight for we the people. I really do. Well, let's go to that because, you know, Vaughn here, like I said, these are he's got a good team. They're good reporters. They're trying to stir it up. And he should understand, Vaughn and the NBC team got to understand, there are tons of war room posse members there. The people in New yeah. Hampshire that go to this, the women, that's what they are. They know the details. They see the receipts. These are not just people wandering in, uh, you know, off the street to kind of have a lunch to sit there and try to stir it up. And the response he got, they weren't the polite ones were, you know, being polite. The other ones were back up in his grill. They're not having it, are they, uh, Caroline? No, they're not. And you're right to say there's a lot of War Room Posse fans there. I had many people tell me today they love seeing me on the War Room, Stephen. They love you very much because you speak the truth. And they know that, unfortunately, a lot of reporters at these hack mainstream networks don't speak the truth. And they're really discouraged about the fact that over the for, during the first two days that the Trump indictment came on, these networks, NBC, CBS, ABC, spent over 300 minutes focusing on the Trump indictment, but not one minute on the Joe Biden corrupt crime family. Voters, again, they see right through it. uh, And that reporter definitely was trying to stir the pot. But the ladies there today are smart. They are fierce and they are fired up to ensure Donald Trump is (laughs) reelected. They are certainly fierce. Live free or die. Caroline, how do people get to you? What's your social media? Sure. Go to K Levitt NH on all channels and also follow us, the MAGA Inc. team at MAGA Inc. War Room. We are always putting out new content. Great day today in New Hampshire. Donald Trump won the day like he will win the next election. Thanks, Steve. New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women, you're a great group. You're a great uh, organization, the individuals. You're the backbone of this country. When you when you got to bet on, on how we're going to get through this, those are the types of groups, those are the type of women 
They're going to get us through like they've always gotten us through. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Uh, Governor Santos was in Eagle Pass yesterday, and we appreciate that. As you know, our correspondent's been down there a lot talking about the border. But we're going to bring Dave Walsh in, not so much for that. Man, it is hot in the southwest. It's hot in Texas. Dave Walsh has warned you about the grid. He's going to be here next to tell you about it in the war room. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly $250,000. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit Flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Okay, uh, we're going to have Dave up uh, right now. By the way, birchgold.com, remember, we're, what, 50-some days away from Durban. Uh, and now that we know the appropriations process is not going to be done, I'm going to take time tomorrow and break down these articles so you fully understand what we're talking about. But McCarthy and these guys, it's not pulled the They totally bald-faced lied, and they knew they were lying at the time. And people say, well, Bannon, why are you shocked? <laughs> so, I'm not shocked, but we got to lay out exactly what's going to happen because it's going to be CR, omnibus. They're going to try to spend. It's time now to get ready to start turfing these guys out, right? Because it's, if, if you're going to work, you're going to ring doorbells, you're going to give your money, you're going to do all this, and this is going to sit there and lie to you. Because everybody talked about Thomas Massey and everybody talked about this great concept of the appropriations process. It's all a bald-faced lie and a cover. We're going to get to that. The third world knows that. The developing world knows that. Brazil, Russia, India, China. South Africa, the BRICS, what they call the BRICS nation, they're coming up with a basket of currency that's going to be different from the U.S. dollar. And while the U.S. dollar will still be the prime reserve currency, what we call it, your life is about to change when that is not the prime reserve currency. And that and what's happening in Durban, the Durban Accords, as we refer to it, will change that. Go to birchgold.com right now slash war room. To get the new summary we're putting together, we want everybody up to speed on this like you were on the debt ceiling because they're all inextricably linked. One, they're two sides of the coin, so to speak, no pun intended. 
But you have to understand this. Why? Because Trump has given up everything to lead this movement, fight his way back to the White House. Why? To give you a seat at the table. So your responsibility is to be armed with as much information as possible because you are a decision maker. Though sometimes that says, well, you know, hard to believe, but you are. Dave Walsh, uh, the grid in, in Texas, what the elites have done down there to worry about so, you know, uh, solar and wind. It ought to be pretty good solar. I don't know why you're concerned about the grid. They ought to have more energy than they ever had. The sun's burning hot. It's 115 degrees. Poor Ron DeSantis comes out of that swamp. You guys live in Florida. He can barely take the heat down in Eagle Pass, sir. Well, by the way, uh, building on Carolyn's remarks in New Hampshire, he stayed away from any discussion of energy policy because New Hampshire has the fourth highest electricity cost in the nation. And it's part of a New England power pool that doesn't believe in gas, doesn't believe in coal, believes in heavily imported power and renewable power to to excess. So therefore, you've got double the rates up there as the rest of the country, fourth highest in the country. Florida is headed the same place with the same policies under his uh, management of the Public Service Commission, a tremendous endorsement only to solar power going forward. Florida's headed to the same place as Texas is. And uh, I've confronted uh, uh, Cortez and Cuccinelli to articulate what his energy policies are. We've got crickets thus far on his national energy policy. So Texas, we got uh, 18,300 folks in uh, outage today. That's that's not a huge number, uh, but significant enough. They're at uh, reached a peak uh, a few days ago of uh, peak demand hit uh, nearly 78,500 megawatts. They have 81,000 megawatts of capacity to generate electricity across the whole state. So you're about 3.1% away from the end of the ability of the system to meet the present demand, where they're broadcasting uh, planning reserve margins of 13.5%. No, they're at about three because of because of all this wind power. That's thirty percent of their their capacity. And in North Texas, ERCOT did announce yesterday uh, uh, begging for de- you know demand curtailment, not not mandatory, but warnings again in the Metroplex area in North Texas about hey, can you c- please curtail the usage of power because we're getting close to the end of the hitting the peak of our capacity, and we may have to have some some brownouts. <laughs> So they've asked but, for but, but hang, 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 hang. Okay, Brown, I said I just i got to put this in perspective. Texas is arguably the first, second, or third most important, and the Texans would say first most important state in the most powerful nation in the history of the earth, full stop. And the Texans have done more to defend the liberty of this country on battlefields all over the world, in patriot graves that you can innumerable, and you're telling me today 18,000, well, that's not too many, 18,000 don't have, you know, got to do a, a brown eye or a blackout. That's two combat divisions. And now we're accepting this. We're normalizing it. How can the state of Texas, this is mind boggling. How can the people in Texas sit there and accept what the elites have done to them in this regard? You should never have, shouldn't be 3%, it should be 30%. There should never even be a question in an in a, in advanced industrial like Texas has become now in the tech industry, industrial power, agriculture, all of it. How can we actually be sitting there thinking about, oh, they're going to be brownouts, rolling brownouts, maybe some blackouts. Even to consider it and discuss it is a defeat, Dave Walsh. No, it totally is. A, a, a robust electrical system is tested in peak, peak summer conditions 
when it you know it does get to 10 to 15 percent hotter than the normal high which now it is 107 in houston for several days running in north texas and a little bit beyond that that's not that's not atypical for any 10 to 15 20 certain days of the summer to be that far over the average um, so, you, you know, you got this conflation in the media that this is all about, well, it's too hot. Therefore, we're close to in shortage. No, it's because Texas lacks what typically you'd want to have in the summer is 15 percent headroom between absolute peak demand and how much you're generating. They're running now at the, and with 15 percent headroom, you have a 0.1 percent chance at any time during the year for the whole year of ever having a shortage of electricity due to lack of electrons in the system, lack of generation. They're at now about 15 to 20 times that risk because they're not at 15 percent. They're at about three and a half percent margin with with, wow. with the population growth and their inability to support it with any new build of continuous duty plants that yeah. run all the time. And, so we, uh, and uh, the population uh, growth is it, – we got to bounce because we got a hard out. Can I – we're going to get in more about what caused this uh, later in the week. Dave, what's your social media? How do people follow you at Dave Walsh Energy? I'm on Getter and uh, True Social at Dave Walsh Energy. Thank you, Steve. And just so, you did go back. How can you run for president and not have a national energy plan? How, how can that that's that's, be the first thing you put I, out that, that underpins that, it yes, underpins sir. the entire economic plan? I don't hear about some economic plan. It doesn't have full spectrum energy dominance, right? Take your number two principle out. Full spectrum energy dominance. Okay, a blockbuster report in the Wall Street Journal on Sequoia Capital. Thank you, Dave. Also, Russia, Belarus, Harnwell, next in the war room. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.